Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to episode number 415 of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com where you set the price on guns ammo and accessories i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our theme today is trained to survive and our guest is michael waller Michael is the youngest African-American federal firearms licensed dealer in Illinois. He is the CEO and owner of his online gun store, MJ's Firearms, LLC, and Protect One Asterix, LLC, outdoor range and training facility. After surviving two separate self-defense shootings, one while walking with his younger young son, Michael has further motivation to become an advocate and trainer for gun safety and the freedom of law-abiding citizens to bear arms to protect themselves and their families. And did I mention that was in Illinois? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Michael. Hey, how you guys doing? I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you again. Absolutely. It's always great. So it's funny because like Illinois, you know, people think, Mm -hmm. uh, they think Chicago, they don't think Illinois, they think Chicago. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've I have the uh, privilege to go to Chicago, uh, Illinois, twice a year, and it's a beautiful state. And there's so many people that I have met that are gun loving people in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Not in Chicago. I, I'm out of Chicago, but every time I go to Illinois, I say I'm going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I don't know why that is, but if if Chicago wasn't in the picture, Illinois would be one of the freest gun states in the in the union. Because people love guns there. Absolutely, yeah. Illinois, uh, especially down south, like when you get towards Carbondale and all those, I mean, it's red. The only thing that's, you know, blue about this state is the city. Uh, Other than that, like when you get, it's a lot of conservative counties, you know, in Illinois. Uh, And like you said, it's uh, these people, they love guns here. So like gun sales, even though we just, unfortunately, um, we got hit with that assault assault weapons ban overnight, literally Mm -hmm. happened overnight. And the people, I mean, they were kind of stripped from a lot of like, it was pretty sad. They'll come in and try and buy an AR-15 from me. And, you know, just overnight that, you know, they're restricted from, you know, owning these type of guns. Uh, and then, you know, Illinois, it's just, they're kind of backwards. They, you know, they lifted the ban for temporarily and then it went back on. They don't know what they're doing, but to answer your question, yeah, Illinois is, it's, it's, they definitely, they definitely love their guns here. They, they, they definitely do. It's just Chicago and Chicago is a major city. So and I, I find myself saying the same thing a lot of times when I go to states where, you know, it's, they have a really like a major city, like, you know, Las Vegas, well, Las Vegas, one of them, but like, you know, Florida and, you know, Texas, some of them, you got Dallas and things like that. So we just say the city, but mm-hmm. so don't feel bad. I do the same thing. So when <laughs> I say Chicago, everybody know what I'm talking about, you know, Illinois, but so Illinois, what's, 
Go ahead. No, so what's what is the law now in Illinois? Is you can't own an AR-15 or you can't buy one? What is it? So no, um, so that 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 it was like 111 pages long. Uh, I don't think really anyone read through all of that, but it's um, so we you can have an AR-15. You can have what they call assault style weapon. You can have those. Uh, they just ha have to be registered in 2024, and you can't dealers FFLs. We are no, we are we cannot sell AR-15s or any type of what they consider assault style weapon, literally it's 111 pages long. They put almost every single gun you can pretty much think about, like any of the AK pistols, AR pistols, um, Kel-Tex, um, I mean, the Sub-2000, any of those guns that are like, they consider tactical or assault weapons, it's pretty much on that list. Uh, there's a magazine restriction too of uh, 10 rounds uh, for long guns, and then for handguns, 15 rounds. So uh, we can still sell like a handgun that, that holds more, you know, like a, let's say for example, a full size P320, like an M17, we can sell it. Uh, we just can't give them the magazine with the gun. So they're, you know, leaving out of a gun shop or if someone's, once someone wants to purchase a firearm for me and want to purchase an M17, they can take the weapon, but they can't have the magazine. They have to find, you know, either magazines that are, you know, blocked to 10 rounds or 15 rounds. And that's wow. just kind of, you know, where they're left. Well, I know we have other subjects to talk well, about. And I'm sure the crime rate is instantly zero, oh, yeah. right? That's because. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely zero. There's no <laughs> more crime going on there. No more crime. I have a prediction that as long as uh, if the government uh, stays the same in, in Chicago and Illinois area, that in two years, that registration that you guys are going to have to go through in 24 will mean that in a couple of years, they're going to say, okay, now you can't own the guns in the state and you can either remove them or surrender them. Just like California did with their fifties. That's, that's exactly. the only reason because it's not, the criminals are still going to have the guns. It, yep. It's so, it's so stupid. And there's so many people that are being infringed on their rights in Illinois right now. Nuts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad, man. And it just literally, it, it happened overnight. Like no one knew, it just, I mean, it, it was it was tough because even firearms that I've had um, that I sold to customers during that time, I had to reimburse them, and it was a it was a headache. Like, it was a headache dealing yeah. with all of that stuff. So, so, nice. um, so with all these laws and everything else to protect our citizens of Illinois, mm -hmm. yeah, you have survived two separate attempts on your life mm -hmm. by strangers. Self defense is very real to you. What have you uh, uh, What have you prepared yourself? To, to defend yourself? Uh, just taking a lot of uh, training classes. Uh, I, after, I, I would say I've always been a huge advocate in firearms training, um, but after my first shooting, literally I was just leaving KD's uh, event, uh, Kevin Dixie. He was had a training learning entry. It was his first event. It was my first actually training class to, I went to, and uh, I, I just got the training book. I fell in love with it. I shot over 5,000 rounds. I won like two or three guns there because I was just shooting and shooting and creating content and all that good jazz, and it was fun. And uh, I, I just got the training book after that, and then literally 16 hours after leaving that event, I was, you know, the shooting in Chicago. I was walking with my five-year-old son. You guys actually got the magazine behind you. That's cool. I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and my son. He, um, yeah. We we literally just leaving that event. Got into that shooting in 2019 Memorial Day weekend, and after that, I just I just got the training bug, and I got 
that's what that's what actually encouraged me to, you know, buy some land and start a you know a shooting range on there and start training students, and you know so they can be efficient with a gun too because I see the importance you know, and firearms training that actually saved my life. God first, but second it was actually firearms training that made the difference because he had a gun, I had a gun. Um, assuming you know God looks over everyone, so we both had God you know I guess looking you know at both of us, but you know God made a you know different choice for his life and you know i believe my skill set kind of you know helped me win that fight there and god of course was yeah. that in chicago city when when that yeah happened? yeah yeah that was right it was literally if anyone who is from chicago they know we have a it's probably the largest jail. it is the largest jail here it's on 26th in california this shooting happened on 25th in california so it was like in chicago in chicago mm-hmm. That is so crazy. Totally unprovoked. You're just walking along with your son and then you flash forward. What has it been two years and you found yourself in another life-threatening situation? Yeah, less than three years. Um, uh, Before I actually talk about that, I will kind of, you know, talk about, you know, this training a little bit more. You know, that's kind of, that after that first unit, that encouraged me to, you know, seek a bunch of different training classes so i started went to tactical response i went to you know train with kevin dixie uh ken scott Wolfs. uh big shout out to phil i know you guys are uh friends with phil too over at Wolf. so uh yeah. just i mean i went pretty much everywhere i just went training like crazy so um and then not even about three years later um uh, well, actually it was april 3rd 8th april 30th i was um at a uh, bar it was a bar and grill it's called the ryan's pub it's in frankfurt illinois it's right off route 30 um it was uh big news here um here in chicago because the guys who actually went to rob that establishment used replica guns and in texas there was a man who was shot using a replica gun trying to rob a, i believe it was a restaurant it was that was big news uh mm-hmm. pretty much i remember that yeah, so it was a kind of a similar story here. You know, there was two uh, men who came in and robbed the uh, Ryan's Pub, and they had uh, replica firearms, and I was able to stop both of them. So you didn't know it was a replica yeah. when you when you defended them. You didn't know it was a replica, did you? No, no, no. I couldn't tell. Like, I mean, yeah. replica. I mean, they did. The gun had Walther on it. It said it had all the original. It was a PPQ. So you know exactly what a few, you yeah. probably saw yeah. quite a bit of those. And literally, yeah. I mean, to the detail, wow. the gun racked back, like it actually racked, you can rack the slide and, you know, it had a magazine and it had all the same features, no orange tip or anything like that. They right. sell these guns on Amazon and you can buy them and they're actually owned by Walther and Glock and Smith and Wesson. They actually own them. So Glock makes one and it literally looks exactly like a Glock 19. You can buy it right off Amazon for like $61. Wow. That is so interesting. I didn't realize that. And so you're in this establishment mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of walk us through the scenario, how this became a life-threatening situation that, you know, clearly you thought they had lethal force, the bad guys, because it looked like it. So can you walk us through how that all came together? Yeah, so it was, uh, I got there around maybe one thirty in the morning. Uh, I was coming from Chicago, leaving Chicago, and I'm like, I was at a friend's tattoo shop, and I was like, look, it's getting late. 
I don't want any other, you know, issues. Just go ahead and go home. And as I was headed back towards uh, Moni, uh, we have this exit called Lincoln Highway. I was getting, I was like driving right by the exit. And a good friend of mine, he actually works at a, a local gun shop here in Illinois. His name is Alex. Um, a lot of the guys at the shop kind of picked on him. And, you know, I, I kind of took a liking to him because he was a good dude. And he told me earlier that day, he was like, hey, I'm going up to the Ryan's Pub. And I've never been there. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk bad about it and they talk bad about him. So I was like, you know, he thought a lot of me. So I was like, you know, let me just get off. Let me see if he's actually there. And if he's there, I'll go in there and have a drink with him or something like that or just hang out. And I got off on the exit, pulled into the Ryan's Pub. And sure enough, there was his car. He had a little Ford with all these gun stickers on the back and stuff like that. I tell him to take that stuff off. But he got all these gun stickers on the back. So I, I walk in and he sees me. And literally, this is a a well-known biker bar in Frankfurt. Like you don't even see too many African-Americans, you know, uh, come in there. It's not like a, it's just a, it's just a, it's a regulars type of bar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sure. I walk in and Alex sees me and they never seen me before there. And I'm like, I just walk in, they look at me. I'm like, you know, <laughs> what's going on? Alex, he, Alex is a regular regular. So Alex like, <laughs> Yeah, shouts my name to let everybody know it's, hey, it's all good. That's okay. Calm down, you know. And, um, as soon as he came to me, we embraced each other, and you know, uh, we're really, really close friends now to this day. Uh, but we just was hanging out, and he, you know, offered a few drinks to me, and uh, I denied the drinks only because I knew I was caring. Uh, this establishment didn't have when I walked in the door; it didn't have no guns allowed sign on there, so I wasn't, you know, I didn't really know if it was technically legal or not. And a lot of bar like uh, pubs, they depending on it's it's the law it's the law here if the, uh, if there's sales at the end of the year um, in alcohol or food if it's more. If it's 51% more food, then it's technically legal for you to carry inside that establishment, even if they do sell alcohol. But if it's 51 or more percent alcohol, you can't actually carry inside that establishment. And I knew that. And so, I didn't... so me as a as just a citizen, I've got to ask for their books. Like, show me your PL statement so I know whether or not I can protect myself in your bar. That that right there is crazy. But exactly. But, but the fact that there was no sign at the door, so now that's why the criminals came in there to rob the place. Maybe, right? Right, right. yeah. <laughs> but, sure. Um, but what I want to say is that the fact that you knew because of training that mm -hmm. if you're going to go in a place that, that serves alcohol, that you can't drink if you're carrying. And you followed that that law and that that rule. And that's part of training right there. But I didn't mean to hype, you know, take it off the, the rails with that but mm -hmm. i feel like that's no. an important piece of the responsibility that you exhibited in this scenario it, it is i appreciate you bringing that up that's that's true uh they the moment I, and that's that's more of a us as responsible gun owners we just do that you know naturally like we don't even really have to have a sign posted we just because we're responsible we're going to do those different type of things as you know gun owners and that's just what i did i knew at that time look you know if i'm going to come into you know a establishment that does sell alcohol even though they do food too you know i'm carrying a gun don't drink because it's just not a good mixture so and that's what i encourage anyone uh who you know know about my story here hear this story don't you know if, if you're drinking you know put your gun up you know i'm very I, I believe in carrying your gun everywhere and you know where you legally can and i'm never gonna i'm not gonna tell anyone to 
break the law to do something, you know, that you shouldn't do. As a, you know, so you're partying and having a hamburger and what happens? <laughs> so uh, it's about 1.30, uh, talking to a good friend, Alex, and it's about maybe roughly 25 to 30 people inside the establishment at that time. And through closing time, there was, you know, people start fading away naturally because closing's at three. There was another um, African-American male that came in too. Uh, nobody ever seen him before. Typically, again, if you come inside, you kind of, it's, it's a regular bar. So like, you know, you would see too many people who look like me, you know, coming there. That was my first time being there. So we saw him, uh, I kind of, looked at him and like embraced him in a way because you know so he kind of felt comfortable too and didn't say anything to anyone you know didn't even really you know engage with me even when I tried um and it's kind of weird he just looked around the bar and then went over there by the slot machine and just sat there didn't play and I kind of watched him you know for a little bit because just because he just wasn't when, when he didn't really engage with me or anybody else it was just kind of awkward because you don't really see that too often you know if mm-hmm. to, um but she, I didn't pay too too much mind. I just let it, you know, just kind of go off on his own. And then he ended up leaving out shortly, about two, maybe about two thirty, two forty-five ish. More people started fading out. Close the time come. It's me and Alex, and there's about four people inside. The, no, sorry, it's about seven people inside the establishment. The owner actually lived upstairs. His name's John. Really, really good guy. He lived upstairs at the, and I didn't know that at the time. And there's two dudes on the actual porch, and then there's four people inside. There's two bartenders and me and Alex. And the two guys actually came in. Uh, they were, um, and when they walked in the, uh, the establishment, it was at that time, it was about closing time. The, um, when they walked in, they said, hey, you know, can we get a drink? They walked in, these two men with all black on, you know, hoodies and, you know, ski mask. When they walked in, we all looked at them. And it's still kind of COVID, you know whatever you know and we looked at him we all kind of sensed something was wrong you know and yeah. i can tell just by the part of their face that was exposed and the way they're speaking that they were you know african-american mm-hmm. and i kind of intervened just me being only african-american mm-hmm. there let me try to see if i can relate to because i we all kind of sensed something was really really off because mm-hmm. they're in pitch black clothing mm-hmm. i mean hoodies over the hoods over their heads ski mask over the uh, covering their face right uh, it just didn't seem right. They asked for a drink. The bartender, his name's Mike. He actually said, Hey, you know, we called last call about 40 minutes ago. You know, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I can't, you know, serve you. And my friend, Alex, he, he ordered two drinks for me that I never drunk because I knew that I was carrying. Mm-hmm. I, I even, you know, I even offered my drinks to them because mm-hmm. they were like, it was, it was just strange. They were looking around. It was just very mm-hmm. awkward. I could sense something was wrong. Um, he didn't even really respond to me when I offered my own drinks to him. And he just looked, he was just continuing to look around and he started getting a little agitated. He was like, man, you know, you sure I can't get, just get a drink. You know, we came from a long, like far away just to get a drink here. And when he said that, I kind of knew, I'm like, you know, you know, nobody really comes to this bar. It's not really, nobody really comes from long. It's not a destination. It's not a destination. You're not going to do that. Like, so when he said that, I was like, I mean, I, I kind of, I just, I just felt something. It just, your spidey senses were tingling. Yeah, it just, it, it just didn't seem right. And shortly after that, he, he gets frustrated. He's like, man, you know, he starts kind of like cursing a little bit. And he took his hand out of his pocket. And when I saw his hand, he had on latex gloves. Oh boy. When I saw the latex gloves, I was like, okay, 
Uh, I looked at and my buddy Alex, he's a gun. Uh, he's, you know, he's in the gun industry. We're both kind of like, you know, gun guys. And we looked at each other and I gave him that nod, like, you know, Hey man, are you carrying? And he's like, and you know, I then took my, I took my gun out. I had a, a MEP shield. It was a single stack. It was a backup gun. I normally carry a full size, but at a, um, where I had my subcompact MEP shield, uh, eight plus one. And I had a spare magazine in my pocket and a light. And I took my gun out. I had it like a low ready underneath the bar. So, mm -hmm. for example, it's just the bar is like a big U. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the other side of the bar there by the door. And I had my gun out and the guys, they were looking around again. They were like, you know, hey, well, can we at least use the bathroom, you know? And Mike, the bartender and the female bartender didn't respond to him because they just know something's wrong. Right. And I just kind of just jumped in there and I was like, yeah, you guys can use the bathroom. Go ahead, you know trying to like de-escalate the situation not so it doesn't go you know any further and maybe they i'm thinking maybe they're just you know go to the bathroom and you know just leave out they think that's not really worth it and as he comes around the bar the bathroom's directly behind me so i put my gun back up because i didn't want him to come around the bar and see me just holding a gun in my hand because then he's gonna really you know be like whoa 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 and yeah. it may make him you know pull his gun out sooner or try to shoot us or it may just scare him away I didn't know. I didn't want him to feel like that. You know, I wanted to kind of keep everything calm. So he comes, he goes, uh, comes around the bar. And as he comes all the way around the bar on the right side of me, he pulls out a gun right after I uh, holstered my gun. And mm -hmm. the other guy pulls out a gun and they come across the bar. He goes to the cash register. He, they have guns drawn on everybody there. There's a uh, the female um, uh, bartender. She's uh, kind of like, you know, crying and, you know, you know, asking them like not to shoot her and things like that and where they're going through all of our you know pockets you know patting us down and mm -hmm. i carry appendix carry mm -hmm. and when he's patting me down he's, he's normally you know typically he's doing a pretty crappy job because he's just like you know patting my pockets down and my side you know because typically people carry their gun on their side he's you know looking you know patting me down there and then check my pockets and he doesn't you know find my gun that's actually appendix carry Ooh. and by the grace of god because it would have yes. been a fight, you know, right then and there, yes. you know, his, him having a gun out already. But but he didn't, by the grace of God. And then his buddy's going through the red, uh, registers. You know, he's taking all the money out of there. It's uh, all video recorded. Uh, you can hear him there threatening us or telling us, look, you guys keep calm. Don't, you know, don't say anything. Trying to keep us, you know, from not being so loud. He has guns pointed at everyone. And he's threatening everybody. He's like, if y'all, you know, you say something, you guys be loud. I'm going to kill everybody in here. Wow. And he has his he has his gunpoint at us and you know, he's just being really aggressive towards everybody and then shortly there was two guys actually on the the um the, the deck out there. He kinda leans back to make sure they they weren't really seeing what was going on and because he was forcing everybody to keep calm. He then tells Mike, the bartender, go in the back and go get more money because he, you know, he's frustrated that he's not getting as much money as he, you know, he wants because I guess there wasn't, there just wasn't a lot of cash in the register, you know, it's how it happened. So he's like, go in the back, go get more money, you know, or I'm going to, I'm going to kill everybody here. And that's right. what he's, that's what he's saying. He's constantly saying, and Mike's like, look, I don't, there's no more money. We did a lot. We did a drop off already. There isn't any more money inside this, you know, stamps. We already, you know, dropped money off at the bank. And th at that, at that point he gets agitated. He's like, look, you know what? Everybody get face first on the ground. Oh gosh. 
you guys are, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all playing with me. He's cursing at this time. The lady then starts to scream. She was like, please don't kill me. I have children. I have kids, mm. you know, and growing up with six sisters, you know, I'll just, you know, that triggered a whole nother part of me right there. Yeah. And at this time I had both of these, these guys at in two, I was just two targets at this point, a guy at the register, a guy like almost like, you know, a few feet in front of me. I'm like, if I get my gun out, I can get shots on him. But this guy here is going to turn with his gun and he can potentially shoot, you know, all of us, or at least he's, he's going to get a shot on them. I I feel like I can beat them, but it's going to be hard trying to shoot these targets that are kind of like in two different locations when I have good people right in front, you know, and I just firearms training, you know, I had to think and I had to wait for the right opportunity uh, to, you know, make that move you know and yeah. those are things you learn you know and I had I learned through you know training classes and you know just just happen to you know this training just, it puts me in a proper mindset having you know a skill set you got to have that you know that's why I'm a huge advocate for fire training but that time they when when he says hey everybody get face first on the ground everybody starts to get down the lady screaming um, you know it's it's, it's, it's a lot it's a lot going on so she starts to scream and I think we all then go down and as I'm going down I'm thinking you know to myself like look you know they're gonna just shoot us right here Mike you got at some point you got to make a move like now right. like or you know they're just gonna just start shooting people in here uh we had a shooting like that that happened uh that was nature pretty much it was it was world it was news all over the country it was on CNN and all that good stuff it was um it was at the Lane Bryant here, in, uh, I think it was in Tinley Park, and it, it was nine women killed inside of a Lane Bryant oh uh, store. And it was kind of similar. So when he said, hey, he told everybody to get face first on the ground, that is exactly what that guy did to those women. He killed all Ooh. of them. Oh so uh, when I when he said everybody get face first on the ground, I, you know, that's what I thought. So, I, you know, I just went for my gun. As I, everybody was getting on the ground, I started taking my gun out the holster. And both of the guys were actually close at this point. And I thought to myself, well, if we're all on the ground, Mike, if you can raise up and you can get your gun out and they're close, you know, if they're close by each other. You can get shots on them. I can beat them. So as I take my gun out, I get down. I then look to the right because um, he's telling everybody to get face first on the ground. I look to the right with my gun out and he's not there. Both of the guys are not there. So I lift up with my gun and they're both by the door. And the, one of the guys turned towards me. He points, he has the gun still out. He's like, I told you get on the ground. And that's when I raised up and I just shot him. And I fired all nine rounds. I hit him several times. And I hit his other friend um, uh, once. And he fell down the stairs and dropped his gun. and was able to get away in the getaway car. They had a getaway driver out there sitting. And he was able to kind of stumble away, get in the car. And they sped off. And... As soon as those rounds went off, I literally darted to that back door. Those two guys were on the um, the uh, porch back there, and I told them, "Look, it was a shooting." They came to me like, "What is going on?" Because they heard all the gunfire. Right. Like I said, I just yelled, "Call nine one one." My friend Alex runs towards the uh, the front door where I just shot this other guy, uh, and I'm, I darted back in. I dropped my magazine, grabbed another magazine from this, uh, from my pocket inserted and I tapped the rack to slide it went out running after Alex because I'm like look you know we don't know if the scene's safe out there you're just running out there right. uh, and he's just a fighter too at heart and he just wants to you know he just wants to mm-hmm. get these guys and 
all he has is a knife and I just run out there and I kind of scan, you know, the mm-hmm. area, uh, just to make sure there wasn't any more threats. And then we see the, the getaway car, you know, speeding down route 30 going, uh, I believe it was south to make, they go and get on the expressway. So as we run outside, I scan and I uh, saw that there was a gun down the stairs, literally like eight feet from where his friend was laying. Mm-hmm. I saw that there was a gun. So I run outside and I'm, continue i'm just scanning i grabbed the gun as i picked the gun up that's when i realized like Mm. this isn't a real gun this is a toy Mm. like this is this is not a real gun right so i dropped the gun back down there i pulled a slide back you know i'm like yeah this isn't a real gun i dropped the gun down i run back up to the guy we're trying to render aid me and my buddy alex he's got a you know he's checking for his pulse and it's like extremely low you know he has about six shots in his chest and he has a round to his head. So, you know, his eyes are you know pretty much open. He's like, he's gone at this point. We, yeah. He was dead, you know? Yeah. I, I guess they, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, he told me, you know, when I was trying to explain, like, you know, why do we feel like a pulse? He was just like, that's just blood. Just, you know, kind of like just leaking out, but he's gone already. And right. he was gone. That's what, he, you know, even the paramedics and first responders told me that when I asked him, you know, about what actually happened how did it were we doing the right thing trying to render aid right. to him and would it actually right. change anything and they were like nah he was gone so we're trying to, i'm giving him chest compressions my friend alex is like kind of pushing me off he's like mike you know i got right. it from here man you, you, you know just right you're okay just just calm yourself down because it's a lot going on i'm kind of like you know shaking at this point uh, I then go back and I'm like, you know, I'm checking on uh, I believe her name with Julian. I, I run back uh, inside the establishment. I'm like, you know, I run over to her. I'm like, you know, how are you doing? You know, right. she's just, she can't even speak. She's just, oh, of course. She was just, I mean, she was just out of it. You know, uh, we wow. were on the phone with uh, first responders, 911, uh, Frankfurt PD. They actually came, they, they arrived on the scene like in minutes. And Will right. County uh, was shortly after them. Uh, we got on the phone with uh, first responders. I then go back into the bar and I dropped my uh, my magazine and I took the other magazine off the ground that, you know, that I had there and I put it all on the bar, cleared my gun. I took the rounds and I, you know, I separated all of them. I put all my belongings, which was already on the bar, sitting right. up there and I kind of separated and made the gun safe. And then I ran back out towards, you know, the front door where the, the guy was actually laying there and he was dead at that moment. And and, you know, for uh, Will County and Frankfurt, you know, PD, they, they arrived. And then I'm actually talking to them. Uh, my friend Alex is coming over to me and he's like, look, you know, this is what's going on. You know, and I'm telling him like, yeah, I am the one who shot him, you know. Uh, you know, I felt in fear for my life and others. And, you know, the police handled it great. A huge shout out to Will County. Will County, uh, they did a great job. Uh, Frankfurt uh, Police Department did a great job, too, as well. Uh, no issues there. They, you know, they never even handcuffed me. They actually were, you know, because it, they had so many eyewitnesses. They all came out there. It was like, look, this man did the right thing. Right. You know, he, you know, he saved us. You know, these guys were robbing this place, and they can see what's going on. The police, so they see a ski mask guy laying there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're like, yeah, let's just, you know, they uh-huh. really, they, they, they did take me uh, in the back of the car. They never handcuffed me. He just kindly walked me over there, set me back there. Uh, got the paramedics there, checking my heart, you know, heart rate, make sure I was okay and I guess everything. And we left shortly after. 
Uh, we went all went down to uh, Will County Sheriff's Department, which was about maybe like 10, 15 minutes down the road. And they interviewed all there was they interviewed all six of us, mm-hmm. and they you know ran the cameras back, and you know they were like you know I was sitting in there with the two detectives, and I was concerned because I was like, look, you know, I, I'm pretty I'm probably gonna get charged with carrying a gun inside of a bar. Excuse me, but you know the the Will, Will County was like, look, you know. We 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 just saw we just saw the video. I didn't know there was cameras. But we just saw the whole video. Of what happened? And we just talked to those other witnesses, and they talked to me last. And they were like, "Dude, look, if you did not have your gun in that bar, yeah, you know, they you guys probably would have died." And I was like, well, you know, they didn't have real guns. They looked like replicas. He's like, yeah, but they, uh, when, when they went through all you guys' belongings, there was actually a gun there. That woman, Julian, she had a gun in her purse, and they took it. So they did gain access to a gun. So, wow. but, and then, you know, you had a gun on you. They could have took your gun and shot right. you guys. You know, more of the story, they were just like, look, if you weren't there, you know, something bad could have really happened. And they said immediately after you shooting those guys, you cleared, you know, they were really, they're really big on this. They were like, you cleared your gun, you put it on the bar, you made it safe. And for us as police officers, that was really, really big for us to see. So they were like, we knew you had some type of training because for you to right. do those different type of things. And we saw how you went back and cared for that lady. We could hear, hear those yeah. different type of things. We ran your background. We know you don't have no criminal history, you know, mm-hmm. when we, these, you know, this guy laying here on the ground dead, you know, he has an ankle bracelet on for robbery. Oh, <laughs> so, my gosh. So like, uh, yeah, they're yeah. like, you know, you know, this is, seems like, you know, if, if you if, the only thing they're like, we're going to charge you, if we were going to charge you, it would be, you know, carrying side, carrying a gun inside the bar. And if you didn't have that gun inside the bar, you guys probably wouldn't be alive. So he was like, wow. we're, you know, Frankfurt my PD, God. Frankfurt PD, Will County PD, they were like, Frankfurt said they don't want to press charges. The police were like, "You feel they feel like you did a great job." I've talked yeah. to witnesses and watching the video. Will yeah. County said the same thing, and the last uh, last person I had to wait on, which obviously was the state of Illinois, was mm-hmm. the DA, district attorney. You know, I had to wait for the uh, state to tell me that they don't want to press charges because right. police, you know, they can say we don't want to press charges, right? But they're just an agency, you know. They're like, we can say no, but the state can pick it up, and they were like, "Look." I sat in there for about five hours and by almost 11 o'clock came, you know, um, my attorney uh, arrived there too as well. And he was talking to him and a huge shout out to USCCA. Uh, they uh, mm-hmm. right after that shooting, I made that phone call. I had, I had my, uh, my card. I made, you know, made that phone call, you know, to the back, there's a number on the back of the card. I called that, that number, the critical response team, they, you know, picked up the phone. They were talking to my mother and uh, who was on like a three way and, I called my good friend, Mike Bauer. You know, I love him. He's like a brother. You know, I uh, was talking to him. He knew what was going on. He got USCCO, USCCA immediately over there. Uh, they got one of the best attorney that they can find here in the state of Illinois, Dave McDermott. Huge shout out to Dave McDermott Law Group. Um, he's a good friend of mine, too, now. And he, you know, he came and, you know, helped me out. And wait, we were waiting on that the state to, you know, give me the, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. And the state were like, you know, free to go. You oh, like you did the right thing God, and, that is amazing. And I left about maybe 1045 and uh, my friend Alex and all of them, they left about roughly the same time I did. So we all got back, you know, home about 11 o'clock and that was it. Wow. 
Well, praise and, God, all of uh, that came together the way that it did. All it takes is some political person in that line of, you know, organizations that could charge you, right? Mm -hmm. To try to make mm -hmm. some political, you know, statement out of charging you with something. And again, I do think God is watching over you. We are yeah. running a little over time, um, but I, I can't let you go without asking. These are two very traumatic incidences that both you and your son have unfortunately experienced. And God mm -hmm. came out un, unphysically harmed. But how are you both doing? I mean, right now, I mean, it it was tough. I mean, killing people is, you know, it's, it's, it's never, it's, it's tough on you. It's not, you know, it's, not, it's something I think about every day, but um, the reason why I did it was, it, it, that's what kind of helps me live with it, you know? Yeah, you know, I can, saving others. You know, I, when I talk to, when I talk to all those people, they like, you know, like, if you, if you weren't here, we wouldn't be here, bro. So. Right. It could son, be that Lane Bryant thing all over again. But mm -hmm. uh, what about your son? How's he doing? Great. My son, MJ, he's good. He's uh, doing really well in school. You know, he's uh, now he's about to be 10 uh, on the 28th of th uh, this month. So excited about that. I got a birthday coming up. You know, my son, he, he helps me too. Whenever, like, I, I get to thinking about that first shooting and, you know, that that was a lot. You know, I, I look at him and be like, we good, you know he my family and you know the people next to me like you know my friend alex and all of them i go to that bar often the owner you know john he loves me like that's you know he lost his son early on at an early age and you know he kind of looks at me like that now we became really really close and um i drink for free for the rest of my life so <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the night you leave your gun at home which are probably never I Which mean... is probably never so that's funny you said that because like they tell me that and I tell John like Johnny you look y'all not an alcoholic man because like you'll be out of a lot of money and the bartenders they're like Michael your regular drink is a lemonade like so like my regular is a lemonade so they, they joke and they like he always gives lemonade he always gives lemonade my regular is a lemonade I so. love it I love it well thank you so that's much good. for sharing your story with us I know that there's so many layers of it to inspire people um, and to see that, you know, you're not walking around like some Rambo looking for trouble. You're just a dad, mm. you're just a business That's owner and it. you are just trained for what you hope is never going to happen. And then somehow it's happened in your life twice and for people that say, oh, well, when these things happen, just call 911 and wait for the police. In neither one of these instances did you have that opportunity. And so no. I think that's a powerful message for people as well. Yeah, you, I appreciate it. You are your that. own Definitely. first responder. So, Absolutely. We are. We are. All of us are. So, uh, I mean, I know you guys are gun owners. You guys carry and. We, you know, we are, we are our own first responders and we got to do, you know, what's right. And we, you know, it's just, it's just, it just needs to be done. You know, Absolutely. in today's time, it's unfortunate. We live in this, this world where we got to think like this and move like this, but um, we got to do it. Absolutely. Do it. And all the people whose children they're still around for, right. And their lives mm -hmm. get to go on. Um, uh, they have to be just so grateful and thankful 
And um, thank you for, for just sharing all that with us. Tell folks how they can find out more about your training facility and your MJ's firearms, which MJ, as you said, is that adorable little boy on that magazine right there. Your son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my son, <laughs> Michael Waller Jr. So uh, Instagram is MJ's Firearms 33. And then uh, Protect One is Protect One Dot Elite on Instagram too as well. And then I have MJ's Firearms LLC on Facebook and MJ's Firearms.com. So you guys can follow me all on those social media. I also have TikTok uh, too. So it's MJ's Firearms 33 as well. So you guys can, um, you guys want to hear more about my story. You can go on USCCA uh, website as well and just type in my name. It'll be It'll be up there, and the new uh, article will be coming out soon, too, uh, with USCCA regarding this uh, recent shooting. So you guys can get the news and get the information on that, too, as well, uh, by signing up with USCCA. So, yeah. Absolutely. And and it's Michael with a Y, M-Y-C-H-A-E-L-W-A-L. Yes, last name, Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R. So thank you. Fantastic. All right, Michael, I can't wait till we have a chance to be in the same place at the same time again so I can give you a big old hug. Yes, yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you, you look great, too, by the way. I love your dress. Thank you. It's the polka Y'all, dot thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to wear the right. same one, but we would have clashed. Yeah, he wears it yeah, better than I do, but I decided to wear it. We can't joke about that anymore, can we? Maybe not. Unless I, I have a Bud Light in my hand or something. Stop it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> thank you so much. God bless. You too. Thanks, Michael. Thank we'll see you. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a shame, but yet, yeah, you know, they have to go through that. It's, thank God that Michael had the training, but you know, this guy that he shot had an ankle bracelet on. Yeah. There was no reason for that. And, and so let's just yeah, say, okay, they were fake guns, waste right? Waste of this person's right. life. I, know. I mean, he ended up with no money. He had a toy gun and, and he lost his life. But like, so I, The I, whole I, thing is just so sad. I just want to go over that. So he had an ankle bracelet on, then he attempts a robbery with the fake guns. Mm-hmm. If he'd have got away with that, and that he would have taken that lady's purse that had a gun in it. Now he's got a real gun, mm-hmm. or he he could you know buy one illegally, right. and now he's got a real gun. So it's a matter of time before he would have. Right. And I mean, of course, we can't predict that, but the 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 sequence is there. Right. And so, whoever it is, the man that died or the one that was shot and got away, you know, this is how bad guys get their guns. Yeah. Right. They they steal them. And so all the laws that were broken by these people, none of those laws stopped them. What did stop them? A good guy with a gun with training. Now, if the bar would have put the sign out the front that said no guns allowed. Right. Then they would would not have robbed that that place, at least in California or Chicago. No doubt. Right. So, uh, you know, I think the only one that benefits from uh signs in the door that say no firearms are the oh, sign makers oh, well and the, the sign makers guys. and the bad yeah, guys yeah, yeah. well right? yeah i guess because if there had been a sign there michael wouldn't have carried his gun in because right. he's a law-abiding responsibly armed citizen and then what happens right. the bad guys come in they get access to you know lethal force the whole thing is just crazy yeah. and i had not heard about the lane bryant store so now i gotta look that yes up. i do too my goodness all anyway, right it's... thank you michael you are awesome i'm just so blessed to know you um 
We are blessed to know you. And thank you to our amazing listeners all over the world, wherever there's internet service. We have people who are interested in these conversations and we value that because then you take these conversations into your sphere of influence and, you know, that's where these stories live on and really have their impact. Right. And I want to comment that if, if the, the robbers would have been successful and shot everybody in the bar, then you'd have heard about that on the news. But what, what did you hear about this one? Maybe well, it, you will there might have been a CCA magazine. Yes, there may like be the a one look. right behind us here. Right. All right. And um, if you want to watch this video over again, How do please we do go that? to YouTube or GunStreamer. Be sure you hit the notify and the subscribe button because that tells those platforms that you value this. If you want to listen to the audio only version, go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen. To your heart's content, darling. Absolutely. If you want to see photos and bios and links to all of our guests, hit the guest tab. Uh, Until next time, pray for this crazy world we're in. Pray for this nation. Pray for people who are in leadership positions. All of them. Even the ones you don't like, Dan. All of them. Maybe especially the ones you don't like. Read my lips. All of them. All right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week.